The following message is from Central Baptist Church in Maysville, Kentucky, where we keep Christ central. To listen to other messages and to learn more about Central Baptist Church, visit our website at cbcmaysville.com. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 16, or we're going to be in 15 and 16 uh, uh, this morning. The Gospel of John, um, starting at John chapter 15, verse 18. Have you ever been hated? Hmm. Anybody ever been hated? Or, or maybe you've hated somebody else. You know, I know there's kind of this conception that, that pastors' families are supposed to always act perfect, especially when you're out, out in public. Um, but there were many times where my siblings and I did not get along. <laughs> Sometimes the disdain was was so great that, uh, that, that at the end of what just seems like a, a, a bomb, that the fuse is just getting down to where the explosion happens, somebody, and sometimes it was me, would yell, I hate you. And those words usually were the kind of the nuclear word. They would, they would just end the argument with the other one stomping off and going to tell mom or dad what kind of, potty word was said. <laughs> now, when I said it, I, I was unjustified right, in, in blurting out such a horrific phrase, but it was almost always provoked. <laughs> but looking back, I'm quite ashamed that I would say I hate you to, to anyone, much less a family member. What does it mean to to hate? Well, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines hate as this to feel extreme enmity toward or to regard with active hostility. In fact, the early Christian uh, apologist Tertullian wrote this. He said, the first reaction to truth is hatred. The first reaction to truth is hatred. Hatred. So as we continue our study in the Gospel of John, we, we left off last week where, where Jesus is in, instructing his disciples to, to love one another. Right? Now, love is a, a distinguishing mark of a follower of Jesus. But when we read the God's Word in, in, in context, it, it's not just coincidence that that. Jesus ends with love one another and then moves into this very next passage that we read. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. For if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now... They have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me 
hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But whenever the helper comes, whom I will send it to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have seen me from the beginning. I have said these things, all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out in the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Would you pray with me? Oh, dear Father, we thank you for the inspired and completely trustworthy word of God. Lord, in these words that your son spoke to the disciples 2,000 years ago, God, may they ring ever true to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in today's message, we're going to to look at two things. First, why Christians are hated. And second, how do we respond to the hatred of the world? I'm going to be honest, it probably makes us feel a little uncomfortable when we think about, one, us being hated, or two, responding to, to the hatred, right? Nobody really likes being aided or, or really embraces that. But we are told by God that we will be hated by the world if we follow Christ. In verses 18 and 19, he said, right, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. All right? If you were of the world, then the world would love you as its own. But in Crete, but because uh, you are not of the world, I chose you. He chose you out of the world. And it's because of that that the world hates us. So to be a Christian means to be hated by the world. Now, in the, in the Greek language, this if, right? He starts it off, if the world hates you. It, it gives this uh, suggestion of a certainty, right? It, it's, it's not a, a clause of, of if, it, if or, right? If, you, if it just happens, no, it's, it's going to happen. Right? There aren't different classes of Christians, right? You know, you got the group that says, I want to follow Jesus, but I just don't want to be one of those, you know, hated kind of Christians. No, it doesn't work that way. Why? Because there's no middle ground with Jesus. See, the gospel demands a response. Either you choose to follow him or you choose to reject him. And those who reject Jesus are of the world. Sinners who have chosen to remain in their sin and they live in open rebellion against a good and holy God. 
And the rebellion against God means that they will also hate Jesus' followers. And so for us to be loved by the world means that we are to be of the world. But, but what did Jesus say to his disciples? He said, I chose you out of the world. Now, the apostle Peter, he knew this very well. Right? He was called from a, a life as a, a fisherman to become a fisher of men. But while he denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed, Peter became the rock that Jesus built his church. Right? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says that, but you, meaning followers of Christ, are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you from darkness into marvelous light. So if you are a follower of Christ, then, then, then you are a member of, of his royal family. And we're given a task. We are to proclaim the gospel that brought you from darkness into light. And when we, as Jesus' followers, when we, as his family, as his heirs, when we fulfill that mission... Some people will, will see it, will see that light, and they will turn to Christ. But others will continue to live in darkness. You see, we, followers of Jesus, will bow down to no other king but King Jesus, and, and the world just won't tolerate that. If you're a follower of Christ, we are members of this family and and we do this. And in verse 20, Jesus says, Remember the word that I said to you. That a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Now, can you imagine the look on the disciples' faces when, when Jesus uh, said the, the, this? And it, and he said, look, if you think things are bad now, just wait. It's going to get worse. I wonder, Jesus, you know, he's kind of prepping, right, talking about loving each other and kind of maybe people got some warm fuzzies. And, and then Jesus knows he's getting ready to kind of hit them pretty hard with this hatred stuff. He tells, you know, one of the servant boys, you might want to go lock the door so, so nobody escapes here. <laughs> But Jesus reminds him what he had previously stated, that a servant is not greater than his master. Nobody was ever persecuted like Jesus was. He bore our sorrows to the cross. He was humiliated and died a death of a criminal, none of which did he ever deserve. And so if we call ourselves Christians, then we too should expect persecution. The late Baptist theologian A.T. Robertson says that to persecute in verse 20 gives the sense to, to, to chase like a wild beast. Now, you know, I, I love animals and I, I love going to the zoo. And one of the reasons that 
that I, I like the zoo is because, you know, I feel safe there, especially from the animals, right? There, there's this, there's a barrier between me and these vicious carnivores. Now, for some reason, the, the Cincinnati Zoo went all Jurassic Park on us here. I mean, you know, just narrowly escaping these wild beasts. Well, that'd be my last trip to the zoo. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus doesn't call us to safety. No, he calls us to faithfulness. In fact, if you don't face persecution, then there may be something wrong. As in the case of of Lot in the Old Testament. You may be familiar with the the story where the Bible tells us that that Lot, he he was a righteous man. He was, was related to Abraham, his nephew. and But Lot allowed his family to be swayed by the sinful culture in the city of Sodom. So when God decided he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he he sent two angels to come down to to rescue Lot and his family, to save them from this destruction. But Lot didn't see them. When these angels came, he he didn't recognize they were from God. He just thought they were two regular men. And so, you know, he was being somewhat generous, looking out for their safety. He said they were going to go stay in the town square. And he said, look, it's not safe there for you. (laughs) This is not your neighborhood. You will be devoured if you go stay there. Why don't you come in and and stay with, stay with, with, with us this, this evening. So they, they did these angels for spending the night here. Well, in the meantime, a mob of, of angry men, and we'll just say depraved men came in demanding that Lot hand over these two angels so that they could have homosexual relations with them. So as a compromise, what does Lot do? He offers up his own two daughters in place of, in place of these angels. And when that didn't work, because those men didn't want the daughters... Thankfully, God used these angels to step in to save Lot and his family once again. And he blinded these would-be abductors. So the angels tell Lot, he said, look, this is bad. You need to get all of your stuff together. Get your family. We've got to leave now because God is going to destroy this city. But but Lot's sons-in-law didn't want to leave. And it got so bad that that the angels had to physically drag Lot and his family away from the city of Sodom because they loved it so much. And they didn't listen to God. They only went, you know, kind of as far to where they could still see the city, but not far enough away to be away from it. And, and we know what happened when Lot's wife turned and looked at the city of Sodom. She turned into a pillar of salt. Now you would think that Lot would have learned his lesson after seeing the power of God and how much he, how much he takes his holiness, but Lot, things got worse for Lot. In fact, he lost almost everything he had. Why? Because he chose to live like the world. 
The Apostle Paul warns us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we are called to live in the world, but we're not to be of it. To be in the world, but not of it. And so because of our allegiance to Jesus, we will be persecuted. However, persecution comes in in different forms. I mean, to to Jesus' original hearers, for everyone other than John, it meant death. They were to die for Jesus. Listen how the author of Hebrews describes persecution in in the early church. It says, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They were They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in the deserts and the mountains and in dens and caves of earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God has provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should be made perfect. I mentioned Tertullian earlier. He's famously quoted by saying that the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. See, the church has been hated by the world since its inception. And friends, persecution is alive and well today. In fact, just nine days ago, nine days, three Coptic Christians, brothers in, in Egypt, were brutally murdered by, by six Muslims. Reports say that the attackers, as they were, as they were, uh, were killing these brothers, they were, <laughs> they were dancing as they shot them and mutilated their bodies. When the village heard what had happened, they, they celebrated in like a party-like fashion. They, they, they brought out the musical instruments and, and, and were having a good time. And, and as witnesses say, that when these murderers returned back to this village, they yelled the words, Allah Akbar. God is greater. Now, while disturbing, it shouldn't surprise us. Because Jesus says in chapter 16, he said that they will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. But not all persecution includes 
physical harm or, or death. And we also we might call it cultural persecution. You know, this is the kind of persecution, honestly, that, that you and I are more likely to, to face here in, in America. In fact, just this past week, I read an article in the Baptist Press about a Vermont police chaplain who lost his position because of outside pressure. Pete Taraski, he's a pastor at Resurrection Baptist Church up in Montpierre, Vermont. And he had recently moved to this uh, city from, from the West Coast. God just led him to, to pastor this Resurrection Baptist Church. And you know the Northeast is uh, more progressive than us down in, in, in the Bible Belt South. And previously, he, he served as a volunteer police chaplain where he came from. And so he was looking for ways to, 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 to better the community, to, to engage with, with others that, that aren't a part of his church. And so he did what he knew. He appealed to the Montpierre Police Department, which they didn't have a chaplain at the time. Now, we all know the challenges that, that police face in this defund the police environment. And so the, the MPD, they, they openly welcomed Taraski as, as a chaplain. In fact, when they had um, approved him as this, this position, appointed him, they, they posted on their Facebook page, they said, this program is simply another resource or option where the department can provide care and service to those who may want it. MPD is looking forward to working with our new chap. However... Just three days later, after this post, they put up another post. They said, in order to avoid any further distractions or conflict within the community, that Taraski would no longer be a chaplain. Now, as a conservative pastor, Taraski, why do he, you know, would often post Bible verses on Facebook and he would speak about his faith as we would expect all Christians to do. Because of his faithfulness to God as a follower of Jesus, this led to charges of him being a homophobic and, and being a racist and being anti-immigrant. But the article explained the irony of Taraski's <laughs> is these false accusations against him were his own wife was born in Mexico, is <laughs> a Mexican immigrant. His daughter is biracial. But Pete Taraski faced the hatred of the world. He experienced it firsthand, and he explained that he explained that he didn't hold any ill will toward the MPD police chief. Well, in fact, Taraski said a chaplain's job is to to help people in their time of need. The city did not come to me and ask my side of the story. They they didn't do any research and look into the facts. They just made a a quick decision based on the hateful comments of a few. Friends, this, this is the world that we live in today. It's not just going to be 
pastors or police chaplains or or those that are have jobs that are in the Christian sphere known. All of us will face persecution in one form or another. And it's a little you know, challenging for us to, uh, to process. While it can be argued that America was founded as a Christian nation, that a faith has played a major role from the very beginning in the institutions that, that we have in this country. Right? I mean, the, the Mayflower came across the Puritans. Why did Christians come to America? Because they were being persecuted in England and in Europe. Now, it wasn't too long after that that, sadly, those Christians in power would kind of persecute others of different faiths. You know, I think it's interesting in, in, in America that you think of being, you know, close to, to 300 years is when was the first Catholic president ever elected? It wasn't until John F. Kennedy. And even then, that was the, that was the, uh, uh, a tough spot to, to, to be a, uh, and in fact, in one small town that I was in, I said that, you know, a Catholic person would not be elected to a local office because, because of this animosity toward them between Protestants and Catholics and there are theological differences between the two, but but how are we as Christians to handle hatred and persecution? We don't do it by hating others or persecuting others, okay? That's clear. But the good news is, is that we don't do it on our own. We're not alone. Look, right? Jesus said in verse 26 of chapter 15, but when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. You see, God the the Father and God the Son sent God the Holy Spirit to come and to dwell in all believers to bear witness about Jesus It's the Holy Spirit that gave Stephen the courage to to stare down his executioners when he proclaimed, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And as they were throwing these rocks at him, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. His last words weren't of condemnation or hate. No, when he breathed his last breath, he said, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. It was the Holy Spirit that allowed Pastor Taraski to respond in grace when he was wrongly terminated. And it is the Holy Spirit that will guide you as you face the hatred of this world. Now, how do we survive this hatred? All right. Well, we don't respond in hate, but we also don't compromise our beliefs. 
Right? We don't want to be like the Saul of Tarsus, nor do we want to be like Lot of Sodom. No, you must depend on the Holy Spirit. He is the helper and he will give you the courage to do what you cannot do on your own. But secondly, you need the church now more than ever. If you want to survive persecution, then you need to be a part of the church family. Because we are, we are stronger when we are together. We need encouragement. When the, when the world is, is beating us up, we need instruction when we don't know how to respond to the attacks of the world. And we need accountability when we are tempted to live like the world. And lastly, we must keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, when we follow Christ, there are things that we are going to lose out on. We may lose out on that, that job promotion or lose out on that group of friends because we're not going to act in the ways that they are. But when Stephen was breathing his very last breath, his attention turned from his killers and his eyes focused upward. And when he did that, he saw the glory of God. See, when we keep our gaze on Jesus, the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Thank you for listening to this message. To listen to other messages and to learn more about Central Baptist Church, visit our website at cbcmaysville.com.